My first year on the holy mountain certainly lived up to its name. Swanee, which includes both an undergraduate school and a seminary, is seated at the top of the Cumberland Plateau in Tennessee, but it has earned its reputation as the holy mountain because it has always been described as a thin place, a place where the boundaries between the divine and the worldly become blurred, a place where the glory of God can be revealed to mere mortals. So when Jordan and I moved to our tiny duplex nestled on this foggy, rural mountaintop, I had high expectations for my literal mountaintop experience. And the first year did not disappoint. I reveled in lying in our hammock by the small pond behind our house, devouring book after book while watching the leaves change colors. I saw my first real snowfalls and got to see the trees glisten after being coated with ice. More mornings than I can count, I drove through clouds in order to get to chapel in a nick of time. Almost every service was sung. Incense was a normal part of my life. Conversation centered around the glory of a living Christ. But as my first year started to come to an end, I noticed a few in the senior class fell into a deep depression. Their mountaintop experience had been so powerful that they never wanted to leave. At Swanee, they found God. They found true Christian community in a way they couldn't fathom leaving just yet. Each year, I noticed this phenomenon of students who had come with a mission. But after seeing the glory of God on this holy mountain, wanted to build their tents, their booths at Swanee to commemorate their experience. And some of them decided that they would, in fact, never leave. Instead of tents or booths, they built houses. They found jobs that held them nearby, or they abandoned parish work altogether to work on the mountain as a school administrator or whatnot. But as we can see from today's lessons, we aren't supposed to stay on the mountain forever. Both Moses and Jesus show us that eventually we have to come down. We have to share God's glory with the world. Last week, we talked about individual transformation. But this week, we see that transformation is not just about us. After we are transformed, we can transform others. We can transform the world into the kingdom of God. Let's consider the story of Moses. Moses was on the mountaintop to receive the commandments from God a second time after smashing the first set in anger at the actions of his people. But by leaving the mountaintop, Moses, bearing God's commandments, transfigured by God's glory, transforms the lives and community of his people. A people who were not a community before were able to become the people of God. Similarly, in today's gospel, Jesus, both divine and human, is also transfigured on a mountaintop, and then is immediately asked to heal others once he gets back to level ground. And as we know, his work and his death will go on to transform the world. 
These mystical experiences with God, these revelations of God's glory, are necessary for the transformation of the world. And in order to do that, we must do the hard work of leaving that special and holy place. We must carry the glory of God with us and share it as widely as possible. We must be witnesses of God's love to the world. Y'all probably know I'm a big fan of renewal weekends, such as Curcio, Kairos, Discovery, Vacare, Happening, Breakout, and Metamorphosis. And that's just in this diocese, y'all. These weekends give people the opportunity to truly see the glory of God and to be transformed. But I have yet to attend or work a weekend where the candidates were not warned about re-entry. After such a powerful weekend, many folks struggle to return to the normalcy of their everyday lives. It's why we encourage spouses to attend together, why we advise folks to take that Monday off, and why we're real skeptical when you jump into discernment to the diaconate or priesthood shortly after attending one of these weekends. These short emotional transformational experiences with God will set you on fire. And trying to re-enter a cold and dark world can take a bit. It can be frustrating to find that the world is blind to the glory of God that has shown all around you. Even Jesus is not immune from this frustration. Jesus returns from this transfiguration and is immediately asked to heal a man's son because his disciples were unable to do it. One must be individually transformed before one can do the work of transforming the world into the kingdom of God. And clearly, the disciples, who have seen so much, are still struggling to fully give in. Jesus rebukes them. You faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? But he does still heal the boy. And he gives the disciples yet another glimpse at the glory of God. He gives them yet another opportunity to be transformed. We may be similarly frustrated. It is hard when we are all so on fire to be with those who are just lukewarm, or worse, completely cold. But we pray that through our actions, others may glimpse the glory of God that has changed our lives. Others may glimpse the glory of God that affects every decision we make in this life. Others may glimpse the glory of God through the transformation in our lives. And maybe, just maybe, they may open themselves up to allow God to transform them too. We are entering a season where God is giving you the opportunity to climb that mountaintop. Lent is a season of evaluation and forgiveness and transformation. God is giving you the opportunity to witness his glory. And that is wonderful. Go and be transfigured. But do not get stuck on that mountaintop. Do not be so concerned with soaking in the holiness of God that you forget the reason for such transformation. You are to be witnesses of God's glory. You are to be agents of change. 
and through you and your transfiguration, God will bring about his kingdom. Amen.